now we can do this. <clears throat> what was that? What? <laughs> face? Okay, let's see. Give Repay me my few, face. What was that? Give me a few checks now. Is, are we on a delay or anything after ever? Check, check, check. Good. Okay. Can you, what's, um, what is Baker Mayfield's number in sports? Six. Okay. I was trying to see how quickly you answered that for the delay. Cause <laughs> sometimes know, it's like, hard to tell. I was trying to go fast. Like <laughs> okay. <clears throat> I think the, when I hit record, it started to glitch, but I think just cause I did that, but right. we should be good now. Okay. Yeah. Okay, cool. Right, here we go. Three, two, one. Hello, everyone, and welcome back into episode number six of Talk of the Haunted House, a scary movie podcast. We are headed back to the 1980s for a classic horror movie and book, The Shining by Stephen King, the movie by Stanley Kubrick. Of course, in this breakdown, as always, we will break down the plot of The Shining. We're going to have our scariest moment of this movie, winners and losers, and rate this movie on our all-time scary movie list i am your co-host ryan king with my co-host davis dillingham but we're going to start as always with davis with a history breakdown of the shining series could be the movie could be the book pretty quick turnaround davis 1980 this movie came out the book the shining by stephen king 1977 it's a pretty quick turnaround so what what's some history some fun facts you have for us for the shining as a whole yeah, that's a pretty quick turnaround, even for, you know, modern, modern day uh, movie making any sort of a book that comes out and you're able to put out a movie mm -hmm. three years later. That's like, honestly impressive. Yep. But like he said, uh, directed by Stanley Kubrick, who in making the movie was reading through just modern books and looking for something uh, interesting to catch his eye and came across this book. He apparently spent many days in his office looking through these modern books and throwing throwing them against the wall when wow. he uh, didn't like them. And apparently his uh, secretary one day heard the throwing stop. And so she was like, okay, <laughs> he's got something good. <laughs> we've got, we've got something to work with. Um, but yes, based on the Stephen King novel, um, if you want to talk a bit about the novel, because I know you've actually written it, I just know that it's based kind of the hotel, at least, is based on the Stanley Hotel that is actually in Colorado that mm -hmm. Stephen King, and I believe his wife stayed at while he uh, kind of took inspiration and started writing the idea of the book, um, which is also alleged to be haunted. I don't know if that's mm -hmm. real or not, but um, if you <laughs> write a book that's based on somewhere, people are definitely going to uh, make some allegations. It, it is fine. I did read that this summer, finished it uh, in July, and it was it is a lot different. I'm sure we'll get to some of those differences throughout the breakdown here. And I know Stephen King, not happy with this portrayal, probably partly why it's called Stanley Kubrick's the shining and not, you know, <laughs> Stephen King probably wasn't much of a fan of it, but a uh, book is very good. It's pretty, it can be pretty slow just because there's a lot of internal dialogue. And like I said, we'll get to some of the differences. Uh, but one thing I do remember what you were mentioning about the hotel. It was based on, he did make sure when he was talking about it, like to mention, okay, it's based on this place that more like it gave me the inspiration these events did not happen there. Like, please do not think right. I am writing based off the history of this hotel. Like, you know, the overlook, he, he very much said, this is a fictional place. It is based on fictional events. I just got inspired by a hotel I was at. You right. know, it just, cause some people I think absolutely think, oh, it's based off. He, he, I don't think he wants a lawsuit 
whenever the hotel right. is like, hey, you are telling all these people that these horrible things happened at our hotel. And that's what you yeah. wrote this book on. So I think he was trying to be very clear, like, hey, this is not based on any one place. So that's I think that's yeah. a really important thing for people to have out there. Yeah, that's fair. And it's funny that you mentioned that about the hotel because the uh, so I, I didn't write it down. It's like called the Timberview Lodge or something. The uh, mm -hmm. the exterior shots for the yeah. movie were taking place at this lodge uh, in Oregon, I believe. Oregon, which is ironic. Uh, so the original one is yeah. in one place. The fake that the overlook that actually is written about is in a separate place. And then where it was shot is in a separate place. Is, so in, is in England. Yeah. So. You can literally go to all different places to be like, so where is the shining base or locate, you know, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But the, uh, the hotel in Oregon, mm -hmm. they, um, they didn't want to use the actual room number in the book, which is two seventeen, I believe. Yes. Right? Yes. Yeah, so they didn't want to actually use that because they didn't want people coming and being like, oh, where's the creepy room in the hotel? Sure. So they used 237 for the movie because there is no room 237 in the actual hotel. Makes sense. It looks to, in the movie, I wasn't sure. It looks like uh, a closet. Like the, the doors do not look like normal hotel room doors because it's too that open up. I didn't know what that was. Well, that's the thing. It's the, the in everything inside, shot inside for the hotel is all just on like sets they're okay. not actually in the hotel it was okay. only like the exterior shots of the hotel that they used or scenes that they used that hotel for. okay okay there's yeah there's a whole um i thought they shot there and, that's interesting i did not know that it look it looks like it they do a really good job of like making it seem like you're like there at the hotel which yeah. we'll get yeah. into but um there's like a whole uh whole youtube video that i didn't watch i just kind of saw it that there's a bunch of shots in the movie that like make no spatial sense. Like the, mm. uh, the room where like the manager has his office or whatever, you know, sure. it's like right off the lobby in the yeah. movie mm -hmm. and you walk in there and you can see like the rest of the lobby, like it goes down a ways and you walk yeah. into the manager's office and there's a window there and you're supposed to be like in the center of the hotel. That does make sense. It yeah. Really make yeah. a lot of sense. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Anyways, so both Jack Nicholson and I didn't write down her first name, but I believe her name is Shelley Duvall, the main actress, both said it was one of the most uh, difficult movies they've had to shoot. And it was very, very demanding. Kubrick has a just a uh, what do you call it? A, a no being known for being like very detail oriented mm -hmm. and kind of obsessive over his movies taking shots over and over and over again mm. and he also was like borderline abusive to duval during shooting he uh kind of shit talked to her a lot of the wow. time wow. um yeah yeah got her into character but, i guess because she's not treated well yeah, uh as wendy that's so. the thing she had like mental like nervous breakdowns like started losing hair because of like all that she's wow. going through but Jeez. she also said like that probably pushed her acting for the movie to a point that wouldn't have been really attainable okay. otherwise okay um including or along those lines uh nicholson who is kind of known as a method actor in some of his movies also ate only cheese sandwiches for two straight weeks uh just to irritate himself because he hates cheese sandwiches i don't know why someone hates specifically cheese sandwiches but yep, do you want to pick he gets into his parts, man. Like he, he, yeah. you, there are multiple times in the movie where I'm like, 
this is so Jack Nicholson. This isn't even like acting. He's just a weird guy. Like this is just him being him in this scene where he's just going he, off the rails. He gets really into it. There's a quick clip on YouTube. You can see of him like hyping himself up before like one of the famous act scenes. And he's mm. like, he looks like a psycho doing it, but wow. it works. It works. Yeah. Um, so like I said, Kubrick, super meticulous and stuff with his shots, takes a bunch of retakes, but surprisingly, the one of the scenes that you would think he would take the most retakes the uh bloody elevator scene where the doors yeah. are open all the blood's going out took only three three takes to do that shot that had to be really tough though right? i mean you got to get all that blood back in there and like that's the thing it, up. I mean, it, took, it took nine days to set up that shot each time Jeez. nine days each time to set it up yeah which is Golly. absolutely ridiculous um also, other fun facts, the Here's Johnny line, famous Here's Johnny line, of one of the most famous probably lines in movie history in general, completely improvised by Nicholson. Mm-hmm. Just made it up on the spot. Um, Kubrick almost considered Robin Williams, Robert De Niro, and Harrison Ford for the lead role. Hmm. I can see Robin I Williams. I, I can see Robin Williams. The other two, I don't know if I'm yeah. buying that. That's I don't know if yeah, they can get to that be... level. That'd be really weird. I don't know. And it's just, I don't know. It's one of those movies where like you can't picture anybody else in that. That is, in that that, role. I love you know? Robin Williams. I think he's one of the funniest people of all time. And that'd be the only problem I'd have against. I think he could do it because he could get to that weird, like dark yes. place. But it's like, I think he'd make the funny parts or certain things too funny. Like if just his little side comments can just be too funny, that might yeah. take away from it. So I, you know, it's, yeah, I, it's pretty good. I think, what Kubrick said part of the reason he wasn't chosen was because he would have gotten maybe like too crazy. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. De, De Niro and like Ford wouldn't have gotten like crazy enough. Yeah. Like Nicholson I don't, was kind of in the middle. I think those two would just like, get mad. Like they wouldn't be crazy. They'd just be like mad. Yeah. Like, you know, that's not the character. And yes, I agree. I think yeah. Robin Williams would be too extreme. He'd be, he probably he'd be, wouldn't he'd be want, the opposite yeah. problem. Yeah. Nich- Nicholson's yeah. a good mix of those two. So it was a good casting. Yeah. Choice. I agree. And then final fun fact. So there's some disagreement about this, but in the Guinness Book of World Records, the scene where uh, Wendy is walking, kind of backing up the stairs, swinging the baseball bat at mm-hmm. Jack, that scene holds the record for the most takes that had to be retaked in a wow. movie with 127. Oh my is, goodness. If If that's real, that's... Jeez. absolutely absurd that is absolutely ridiculous absurd. it's not even that like she yeah she's walking backwards there's some intricate part it's not that crazy of a shot that you can't get it in maybe 20 or 30 my goodness uh, yeah that's what sounds like bad directing I I, <laughs> God. I, that's i don't know i mean it's just one of those things that like i don't know kubrick's just a weird guy i guess but he like needs for his own mental sake i think to have like every shot perfect just wow. the way he wants it which is okay as so as you can tell that would be uh one of the hardest movies to work on if you're one of the yes. lead actors especially yes. since there's only like four yeah real actors that are in this movie mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. but yeah yeah anything anything else from the book that you wanted to like touch on that wasn't really shown in the movie or do you want to i think most get of them into are, that later as it comes up yeah most of them will come up in the in the as we're breaking down the plot because i know you and i have talked a little bit before the podcast about a few of the bigger points there's a bunch of little ones but i think you know you get too much into the minutiae we're here to really talk about 
the movie. So the bigger right, ones correct. we'll bring up as we go throughout. But let's go ahead and start with that. And something right off the bat I thought was interesting, Davis. We open up with the camera flying over a body of water as the car drives to the mountains, literally just like the Evil Dead from last week. Now that was hills, and this is like the actual mountains of Colorado. But <laughs> uh, the exact same shot where a camera's flying over the water. I thought that was very interesting. Yeah, I don't... <sighs> It's so weird. I don't know if it's just the horror genre in general. I feel like every single movie we've done, which we've only done six, Mm -hmm. but like every single one we've done, we've been like, oh, this is just like that other movie that we have already done a podcast over. It's so, I don't know. It's very strange. I don't know. It's weird. And these two back to back, like maybe I wouldn't even notice if Evil Dead was like second and this was six. I just suddenly go, man, that's a very interesting. And that one at least made sense. That was representing the spirits going around, you know, that area. This one, it's not bad at all. It's just the shot. It's just showing the I will car say, driving. I will say, much lower fog machine budget than yes. the Evil Dead for this movie. I, I, I thought about that because budget. you mentioned that last week. <laughs> I, I did notice the fog when it was used, and I'm like, okay, there's not nearly as much here. There's only like one or two spots where I'm like, oh, there's a lot right here. So good, good call. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, go back and listen to the Evil Dead episode real quick. Yes, why are you, you here? Get to know everything. Go back. Go why, back go to the back. Evil Dead. Come on. Backwards. You don't start at episode six and move backwards. You start at episode one. Get it right, people. And also, since we're, yes, we're always moving forward. Since we're at this point, major spoilers, we're going to literally talk about all of the plot itself. So if you do not want to know anything about this movie and rather watch it for yourself, stop here. Stop. Stop. And go back. This time you go back. This is where you go back. You only um, have a few seconds. Go back and watch it. Yeah, that's very true. Go back and watch it. Um, it's on HBO Max right now. Yep. You know. Okay. So Jack guys. coming. Three, two, one. Oh my god! There you go. If you, if you didn't if you didn't turn off, it's on you. If you turn on this podcast without watching The Shining first, that's on you. You now know that the main character Jack dies. So there you go. Speaking of him, though, you, we actually meet him. Did that. I was about, I was trying to think of something to spoil. <laughs> Jack Torrance. We actually. Oh we meet him. He meets with Mr. Ullman and gets the job as the winter caretaker in his interview with Mr. Ullman Davis. They explain that there's six and a half months. The hotel shut down from October 30th to May 1st. They are shut down or May 15th. Sorry. They are shut down, but he has to take care of it for five of those six and a half months. They're very secluded. All the snow shuts down the roads. You get very isolated there, but Jack says, that's great. I want to write. So the isolation is great for me. And Mr. Ullman also tells Jack that a caretaker in 1970, about 10 years earlier, this movie came out in 1980, assuming that is based off 1980. This was 10 years ago. A previous caretaker killed his wife, himself, and his two daughters. Obviously very important to the plot and for Jack to know this is something that happened. did not care at all. He's like, huh, was not bothered. Okay, was not. My bothered. wife loves my wife loves scary movies and stories, so <laughs> this will be great for us. So I'm sure she won't um, mind that the woman that stayed here ten years ago was murdered by the other care, caretaker. <laughs> she so loves we, that stuff. This is the kid is some of the weirdest stuff. So Danny has some of the weirdest stuff in this. This is something that's different from the book. So back home, Jack's kid Danny speaks with his finger and calls the scratchy voice Tony. He's like, "Hello, Danny," and <laughs> it kind of shows he has this ESP because he knows Jack, his dad got the job ahead of time. He's talking to Tony. He says he already got the job and he sees a vision of blood pouring out of an elevator. And these two girls standing there, they're dead flashing back and forth. A doctor checks Danny 
and after he, he had apparently like passed out. Yes, I guess he, he had like passed, passed out, out when he something. when he had these visions. He passed out in the bathroom. The doctor's asking, "Who is Tony? Who is Tony?" And Wendy, the mom, is saying, "Well, it, it, Tony is his imaginary friend." Danny describes him as a little boy who hide, is in his mouth, hides in his stomach, which is a very strange way to describe an imaginary friend, in my opinion. How how are these parents also just completely okay with this? Yes, this that's very weird. Speaks through his finger, and they're like, "Ah, it's yes. just his, it's just his imaginary friend." Very strange. And but the doctor's, he's fine. The kids do stuff like this. And then they even get around to the fact that, you know, has he had any other problems or anything? He says, well, Jack did hurt Danny's shoulder. One day he came home drunk and some of Jack's papers were around and Jack pulled him to like pick him up from the ground and like kind of dislocated, hurt his shoulder. So that comes up. He clearly has alcohol. He, He drinks a lot and he has anger problems in general. So not a good combination. It's just funny that it shows like the complete difference that 40 years makes because Mm -hmm. One, if your kid was doing this nowadays, you probably would take them to like a, oh, yeah. a psychiatrist or something. Oh, yeah. You're like, what the hell's happening? And then two, if your husband comes home drunk and rips your kid off the ground and dislocates his shoulder, and then the you're telling this to a doctor openly, and they're like, ah, yeah, that stuff happens. It's <laughs> not a big deal. Nothing to worry about. And so one of the things that was different in the book, I'm a little rusty on some of this because I did read this right about was that six months ago or so when I finished it, he does not speak through his finger, anything like that. He more so like straight up talks to him. A lot of it's in his head, but since we're in a movie, this medium, you can't really show that inner dialogue as much, but this is how they can see him. But they do know in the book of Tony as this uh, person. And that's kind of when we get to the shining, this ESP, that's where it comes from is Tony. That's where he learns. He can, you know, see certain things coming. And in the book, there's way more examples of how he can see things coming. And we don't see that much in the movie, but it's just, but I, I feel like it was tough for them to show. Does he like name it as an imaginary friend in the book? Is that what you're saying though? No, that's only Wendy. Or no, it's just, he never says it's, he just calls him Tony. Like this is my friend, whatever. The only people that call him his imaginary okay. friend is are the parents. Cause they don't okay. really know exactly. They're putting that to him. And he never says that. Cause like, it's not my imaginary friend. <laughs> like this is a, right. this is a person right. here. <laughs> yeah. So, Later, the Torrances, they tour the hotel. It's closing down. It's last day. Everyone's leaving. Danny, when he's by himself, he sees the twin girls just kind of standing there. And Ullman's yeah, showing them everything. Playing, playing darts and yes. playing darts in the game room. And he turns around and they're just there. Walk out. Sees the girls standing there. And there's Theoretically, a lot of those are Those just normal get like those could be normal guests at the hotel. Just creepy the- girls standing there. Yes. Could right. just be like these right. weird kind of girls. Because <laughs> But he did see them in his vision. So he's probably thinking, That's what true. the heck? But That's it true, could just yes. be normal everyday people you don't know. Either way, he shrugged that off pretty quick. Yes, he did. <laughs> for being a little boy. He's like, okay. We get a lot of foreshadowing in this. Ullman shows them the snow cat saying, hey, you won't be able to use your cars, anything like that. He does ask them, kind of dates it to the 1980s. So are you both, uh, you both able to drive a car or just uh, the husband here? How's that going <laughs> I didn't on? I even think about that. <laughs> and he knows <laughs> that would not fly in 2022 if it was, so can uh, both of you drive? or just one of you Not like it's <laughs> uh i know but they're saying the snow cat here that's how you're gonna have to get around it's gonna snow you can't use your cars then they make very big character here they meet they meet dick holleran who shows wendy the kitchen and a really <laughs> name fun sounds like a, pu- a punchline to a joke by the way <laughs> dick holleran <laughs> Dick Holleran. <laughs> well uh, i noticed these couple of sexist things here they asked if they can drive and secondly Ullman even says, hey, well, I need to finish up this tour. 
with uh, Jack here. Hey, Dick, why don't you show uh, Mrs. Uh, you know, Mrs. Jack here? Why don't you show her the kitchen? Because she'll clearly be the one cooking here. So they, they they were not worried about just going into the stereotypes no. of the marriages and everything. And neither were all. they. The husband and wife, they had no problem with that. This is just how it was back in the day. Yeah, that seemed very okay. <laughs> and this is a this was in the book. I found this very interesting. Whenever uh, Dick kind of shows he has the ESP because he calls Danny Doc. And you never hear that before that. You don't know why is he calling him Doc? Right. And when he even asked, how'd you hear that? I was like, or how'd you know we call him Doc? He's like, oh, I must have heard one of you say it. But then in, moments later, he's showing them a different area of the kitchen. And Dick looks at Danny and starts speaking to him with ESP through his head. And over ice cream later, he explains the shine, how his mom had it, how he has it. He probably thought, I, you probably thought you were the only one that had it, just like I thought. But we can speak to each other. You need anything. You just let me know. If you think really right. hard, you can talk to me. And Danny even asked some more foreshadowing about room 237. What's wrong with the room 237? What's in there? And Dick says, nothing's in there. Don't worry about it. Don't go up there. And very interesting thing about Dick, Scatman Crothers is the one that is uh, uh, is the character of Dick. Very interesting casting choice. I don't yeah. know how you felt about that, Davis. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, he's a comforting guy, though. You know what I mean? It's true. He's just a comforting comforting guy comforting voice i mean comforting enough to where all this esp is happening with danny and he's yep. like yeah i've no, never told my parents this but yeah i'll just open up yep. <laughs> open up to you about it yep which in okay. the in in the book it's a little more drawn out they get to the car he kind of like almost tricks him into like revealing it a little bit like he has to this one uh, was just he looks at him starts speaking in his head like hey you want some ice cream and he's like oh well this guy has the same thing as me that's crazy <laughs> so now we we jump ahead I don't know, maybe it's like that though we jump ahead a little bit. A month goes by. Danny's riding his three-wheeler just around the hotel. Wendy brings food to Jack, who is just a dick. I remember one of the main comments, she's like, so how are you feeling? I was like, yeah, I just, you have any, you have any ideas? Yeah, I've got some ideas, just not any good ones. Well, you just keep plugging, plugging away. That's all, that's all you got to do. He goes, yep, that's all you got to do. He's just, <laughs> he's just rude to her. He's just, like, very misogynistic, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. But – two interesting things about this it's really interesting and i didn't remember because this is probably like the third or fourth time i've watched this movie yeah i didn't remember this movie being like it's almost like a it's almost shot in like chapters like in a book like yeah it'll very, jump yes. ahead like yeah. to the next day randomly or a month mm -hmm. later yep. i just didn't remember that it's interesting also is it not every kid's dream to have a giant hotel and just be able to ride your bike around in it that would be really that's cool. pretty yeah incredible now, after this movie came out, it's probably not many kids' dreams anymore. Yeah, <laughs> um, for reasons, but no, but I, at the it, time, that would be like so a blast. He's going through the kitchen, yeah. going through these ballrooms. I'm like, man, this thing, this yeah. place is huge too. Like, it's a it's it a is, big hotel. Yeah, they make it seem like enormous, enormous. Mm -hmm. And I, we start to kind of see at least the isolation, maybe not the craziness. But the next time we see Jack after this, he's throwing the tennis ball against the wall. He's just throwing it really hard. Doesn't look too crazy yet, but it's a, it's a little strange. Maybe he's thinking about his ideas, but he's just throwing this ball against the wall. And then we hear a TV saying a storm is coming. Danny back on his three-wheeler. He's riding around again. He goes by room 237, but doesn't go in. It's locked. And then Jack, he gets mad and shows once again that their marriage is in shambles. And he's extremely verbally <laughs> abusive to Wendy. She's coming to him asking questions and he's all like you are you know you're distracting me can't you see that i can't get anything done when you're distracting me and he already he comes off very unlikable we're very which is weird because you're thinking 
the star of the movie. It's Jack Nicholson. He's going to be who we anchor to in this movie. No, not. They very much set him up as like, this guy is a jerk from the beginning. Like he's very verbally yeah. abusive. Yeah. And apparently he, uh, Jack Nicholson took a lot of that inspiration for that scene for like, from actual, mm. like real life. Cause he was, he wrote scripts and stuff of that too. And said, uh, he would get really angry and mad at his girlfriend when she would come in oh. and interrupt him in his own writing. So he uh, didn't have that. to stray, <laughs> didn't have to stray far to wow. <laughs> stray far to pull from that. Jeez. Um, what I was about to say. Oh yeah. Random real quick question. Did the, the book get into any about in the movie, they mentioned that like the hotel was built on like an Indian burial ground yep. and like, Indians like were fighting them while they were constructing it. Did, did the book go into that at all? I do not remember for sure. I I believe yes, it was built on that. Like that's part of why the spirits, like you know, why it's such an unsettling place. I believe that's in there. If someone's out there a hardcore shiny book fan, I could be wrong. I believe yes, <laughs> that is accurate. I believe that okay. is right. Okay, cool. Just wanted to make yeah, make a quick note of that because I wasn't sure. But anyways, we start to see the crazy here. So Wendy and Danny, they're playing outside. They're having fun. Jack. Is, is standing in the main room where he's writing on his, or, you know, typing on his typewriter and everything and just staring. This shot is no joke. At least like 45 seconds, probably over a minute of it's just zooming in it's on long. him. And just, it, he is just staring. Who knows how long yeah. they shot that scene for, but he is just staring blankly. This thing is clearly taking him over. Wendy, yeah. we see her, she tests out the radio. Little foreshadowing here. Right now it's working. She's talking to the guy up there. It's, it's everything's working fine. Danny. He sees the girls this time. Once again, he's on his three wheel. He sees the girls. They give the iconic line of come play with us forever and ever and ever. And he sees visions of them bloody and chopped up, but then they're back there standing. They're bloody and chopped up. Something that's of note. They are in the book. There are daughters that are killed by the, by a previous caretaker, but these characters like this are not in the book. They do not haunt them. They do not have these iconic lines, but it's really good. Whatever effect they put on the voices and everything, it's very creepy. And when they say, come play with us, it's very good. Very good stuff. What is it about like children? Children and more specifically twins. That's so creepy. I don't you know. What I mean, because they're talking at the same time. If only one of them was talking, it wouldn't be as creepy. Maybe. You know? Maybe that's right. I don't know. It's just, you just see. <laughs> it's so unfortunate for kids that they are just seen as creepy, but like, yeah, both, both Danny and these twin girls are just creep the hell out of me. The, tw the twin girls are terrifying, uh, which I mean, they did their job, yeah. but it's definitely very creepy. I really think it's because they speak at the same time. You have only one talks. It's not as weird. Or if they finish each other's sentences, it'd be kind of weird too. But like same yeah. time talking, there's just something weird about that. I was like, how do you know exactly what you're going to say? Unless it's scripted. But if you're just <laughs> saying the same things, how do you know this? You know, it's, it's very Listen. unsettling. Listen, how the hell is this working here? How exactly. You know? Danny, he maybe, goes. Maybe they, maybe they both have the shining and they can Ooh. in their head be like, Boom. ready? One, two, three. <laughs> and go. <laughs> they start going. Yeah. Danny later on goes to get his fire engine. And uh, when he says, you know, don't wake up your dad, he sees Jack. He's just sitting up in bed. He can't sleep. He says he has too much to do. But he just like shortly, staring at the wall too. Yes. He's like not even doing anything. He's just staring. And this is right after Danny saw the girls, maybe next day or something. And the yeah. what his dad says to him is he wants to stay at the Overlook forever and ever and ever. Very similar to what uh -huh. the girls Connection? were saying. Connection. And Danny's weird. He even asked, Dad, 
you wouldn't ever hurt mommy and I, would you? And he gets mad, like, did your mom say I would do that? Or he's like, no, I was just asking. He's like, of course I wouldn't. But clearly Danny is feeling very uncomfortable around his dad. Very clearly. That's happening. Yeah. And and in the hotel in general. Like, yes, and the, the entire place. He's fully seeing these yes. things and, like, these visions are kind of coming to life in front of him. So yep. he doesn't feel too comfortable. But it's like, I'm a kid. What am I going to yep. do? I got to stay here with my parents. And this this next day is when things really start to ramp up. Danny sees room 237 unlocked as Jack screams and falls out of his chair. He's on the typewriter, falls out of his chair. He's screaming. He said he had a dream. He chopped up Wendy and Danny. And at this point, to his credit, he was freaked out. He's not just like, oh, that was a weird dream. Like, he is legitimately like, I do not want to do this. This yeah. is So he, he's not gone or anything. Right. He's not taken over. But then Danny walks in very calmly almost looks like he's possessed and he has marks around his neck and Wendy remembering the time that Jack hurt Danny says you yeah. did this to him. And Jack is just sitting there like bewildered. Like, what are you talking about? Like I didn't do anything. And then Jack is pissed. He's walking around mad and this sets him very, off. very convenient time for Danny to walk in with <laughs> marks on his neck after Jack just said, Hey, I had a nightmare that I killed you. Both. I killed both of you. And remember, there's this, all the, the creepy stuff he's been doing there recently is, and there's, there's clear mark. Like it looks like a hand around his neck. You're thinking, well, there's not ghosts. Yeah. Here. There's only the three of us here. Who else could it be? Which is a fair right, question, right. but yeah. to back up Jack, he didn't do it. We do know he did not do this. So he mm -hmm. is yep. pretty mad and it clearly is showing. He has been sober for five months. It said when this started, they've now been at the hotel for months. So he's been sober for six months. This is right. all it he took. Got, he got sober, <laughs> got sober after yep. um, he did hurt Danny that first time. Yes. So. But it did not take much to hop off the wagon because he's mad. <laughs> this time, walks to the bar. He sees Lloyd, the spirit. And he doesn't see anything too weird with it. He orders some bourbon and starts drinking right then. It says, here's to five miserable months, or maybe it was only five months at this point. And he starts to spiral. He's saying he would never hurt Danny. He did on accident one, but he would never hurt, hurt him. But then he starts, like, cursing about him and really windy. Like, she'll never let me forget. You can tell. The anger is really taking over him as well as it gets worse when he drinks. We're really seeing that. Yeah. But then, also, I don't know who they got to play to play Lloyd, mm -hmm. but this guy looks like a, a walking zombie. Honestly. He yes, the sunken eyes and everything. Yes, very yeah. creepy. I yes. But like the thing I don't understand, this is this is some of the problems with the movie. They didn't really explain Lloyd. They didn't explain why he because in the book it's 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 a little bit better where he doesn't realize when he's going in and out of um you know these visions of these people who used to be at the hotel that are spirits versus now and it's more of a yeah. who are you he enters there's no introductions here he just immediately knows who he is and i think that's not done very well there should be a right who are you where you come from it's still like a well how did he believe anyone was there they're the only three in the hotel but if you put your thing, okay, he's kind of in a dream possession type state, kind of like when you're in a dream, if yeah. someone explains who they are, you kind of accept it, but you don't immediately know who they are. So I think right. they should have shown him learning who these people are. Cause he walked in and goes, Hey Lloyd, like he just knows him. He's immediately knows him. Yeah. Which I found a little bit of a problem with that. So, but in the book, he's like going between basically dreams and like, there are times where all the stuff. Yeah. Like these people will appear and he thinks it's weird, but it's also kind of like he feels like he belongs there because he's being taken over by the spirits there. And mm -hmm. it's kind of like you're in a dream state when like you're in a dream yourself and, you know, something weird's happening. You don't really question it that much. But I think what this does, it shows a, a, a level of knowledge that he didn't have. Even if you're in a weird dream state, you don't know right. who Lloyd is. Like you've never met this right. man in your life. You don't know him. 
So it should have yep. been like, Hey, what are you doing here? I thought we were the only three here. So you have a level of acceptance, you know, where if you're fully conscious, yep. you're not being taken over anything. You're just like, what are you like? You're like, you're not really yeah. here, but because he was being taken over, these things were kind of attacking him. It lowered, uh, he was more receptive to it, but I don't think they, yeah. they portrayed it too much in the movie where it was just, he was so accepting. Anyone was just, Oh yeah, you're supposed to be here. You know? And he already knows. See, I don't even know. Now that we're on this topic, I don't even know that it's him like accepting. I feel like maybe that's where just like Kubrick kind of made it a different part of the story where, cause there's obviously stuff that happens at the end of the movie that kind of alludes to this, but it's like, it's like he's already knows the hotel knows these people and they know him. Yes. Like there's, yes. there's already like this thing that he's always yes. been there. Spoiler which, alert. Which, which is true because the thing that's taking him over has been, and that's part right. of it. Like the, the evil thing that's, wanting to kill in him, which they don't, they don't explain it in the movie at all. It's just this force in the book. There's like an actual, right. like a guy from like forever ago that keeps possessing all these different people. So yes, right. he would know Lloyd. That is true. And he'd know the previous caretaker, Grady. He would know these people, but we're not that so far gone in the possession or whatever you want to call it with Jack that he's just, you know, completely taken over. And Oh yeah. Hey Lloyd, how you doing? So it's, right. but you're probably, it could be that he's just showing like, he just completely gets taken over for this moment because Wendy shortly finds him after this and says it was a crazy woman trying to strangle Danny and the, the liquor's all gone. Lloyd's gone. So he's back, you know, Jack's back to reality. And he's saying, are you crazy? There's no one else here, but she says, please, it's a crazy woman. I don't think it's you, which pretty bold to not even apologize for saying, you know, sorry, I thought you attacked our child. Uh, No, it's a, (laughs) it's a crazy woman in a room. And that's when we see Dick. It's a strong shine from Danny that Danny's in trouble and the room is wide open. So that's a little foreshadowing of him coming back into the picture. So this is where we see right. one of the weirder, one of the weirder scenes. Jack, he goes into room 237 and sees a naked woman lying in the bathtub. Okay. And she gets out kind of seducing him. She's completely naked. They start making out. But as they're making out, he sees in the mirror her back and she's like a different woman. She's all decayed. She has these giant sores on her. And then you look at her face and it's this old woman laughing, walking towards him. He's freaked out. He runs away. She starts walking to him. Jack runs. And Danny, in his shine, he saw he sees this lady dead in the tub and she's rising out. But which was in the book, this woman is actually uh, frequents the hotel. And okay. she always tries to seduce the bellhops and just the different young guys that work there and everything. And one time when she's rejected, um, her husband comes back to find her and like kills her and she's dead there. Doesn't show again in the movie, they're, they're just showing like a uh, it's right. just creepy old ladies here haunting right. the place. There's nothing really else to it, but a very creepy scene overall. Yeah, do you think uh, do you think Jack was more afraid of how she looked or more afraid of the fact that he just made out with her? Oh man, that's a good question. Probably that he kissed her because you know, that's it, what it looked like. He was like, Yeah. He's like, oh my god. He goodness. seemed like really, really into it when he was like yeah. walking into the room and saw this young lady. Like he was like, okay, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going down. And when then he, he just like disgusted with himself. <laughs> it's like if there's a uh, you know, in college there's like a 10 at the bar making out with some dude, the lights come on and it's like, you know, it's closing time. Ah, like, oh it's my a three. Goodness. <laughs> what is you know, she see, you know, it's like what, what is happening? Something along those lines. To be fair. <laughs> Jack had just started drinking for the first time in five months. True. So, 
It's true. Yeah, he, uh, he probably wasn't think, seeking things too clearly, anyways. But then this is this is where it gets weird. Back to the room, we see this is where there's another. Jack clearly someone else is influencing him because he gets back to the room. Jack says he saw nothing. Nothing was weird. It was all in Danny's imagination. So it's showing why is he covering this up? Clearly he's in on something here. Danny sees visions. The first time we see visions of red rum and the blood coming out of the elevator again. Wendy, she wants to leave. Jack refuses and throws things around in the kitchen because he's just so mad at Wendy. He's mad at them. He's like, I don't want to leave. This is typical Wendy trying to get me out of a place when I can finally accomplish something. And he sees an old-time party in the ballroom, right? Jack, he gets some more bourbon. So he's drinking more. And a butler runs in him, spills drinks on him. He's like, oh, let me wash you off in the, in the bathroom. And it's Delbert Grady. He's the former caretaker that murdered his family. And he's and Jack is saying, "Hey, you're you're uh, the former caretaker, right? You murdered your family." He's like, "I have no recollection of that because I haven't been the caretaker. You've always been the caretaker." Saying Jack has always been there, not him, not Grady. Mm-hmm. And this is where the spirits are trying to warn him. He says his son is bringing a black man to the hotel. He's bringing someone here, and he suggests you need to keep your family in line. They need to be punished like he, like Grady. He corrected his girls and corrected his wife. Murdering them is what he's mentioning. And Jack needs to do something similar to get them in line to protect the hotel. And this was a thing that probably would not fly nowadays. This did happen in a lot of Stephen King's books. I've read It and The Shining. It was not referenced as a black man coming to the hotel. It was a very racist term. He's bringing a blank cook to the hotel. Which, again, it's a spear. It's kind of this evil thing. So it's really trying to hammer home like this evil thing. But I have always noticed he did it a lot in It. Stephen King... Even in the 80s, 70s, you know, probably wasn't as cool as it is now. He has always vilified homophobia, um, racism. That he always gives it to like the bad characters, like really racist, yeah. really homophobic. So he, even though he uses, the terms, a, I know Stephen King has been he's been under fire sometimes about using language like that. But mm-hmm. I think in his defense, he's using it to show like he gives it to the characters he's vilifying and saying like this right. is the type of person they are. So he is vilifying racism and those types of things. Right. And even like uh, abuse in general, we see like yes. Jack has kind of abused Danny. And I yes. know I know there's like a, I know there's sexual abuse in the uh, it book. Right. In the, yes. Yes. With Beverly yeah. and her. Uh, is it her right. father? Or st- father. I think her father. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So it's it, there's definitely very dark things throughout it throughout The Shining. And honestly, when these things come out like 1977, probably not as in vogue as it is now to make the, no, no, the no, bad no. person really, really racist and everything. Right. There's probably a lot of people around that time, a good amount of people who wouldn't see that as an issue. And he's showing like, look, this person's possessed. They are clearly evil. And look, they're also racist. So he's showing, look, right. When you're possessed, these bad things, that's the equivalent of like racism or homophobia. or something. Yeah. So he was he's right. always been very ahead of those types of things. Sure. Also connecting it to the time period, though, if uh, this Dilbert Grady is supposed to be in this 20s. Yes. Kind of era yes. party. It's definitely taking it to that period but the fact yes. that jack is repeating that back to he him did kinda repeat it yes is, ta- is going to what you're talking about of how yes. uh, they're these two you know grady and jack are like two different people but they're almost kind of becoming one in w- whatever yes. the spirit is that's yes. within the hotel they're kind of teaching him like here's what you need to do right. you're one of us here's right. how you take care of the place danny right. in his in his weird high pitched weird voice starts yelling red red rom red rom tony 
says Danny is gone. When Winnie's like, you know, Danny, what's going on? He's like, Danny's gone. Danny's Mrs. gone now, Mrs. Torrance. Oh, it's terrifying. Jack. <laughs> Which once go- again, if you're the mom, yes, what are you not like? That was what a big red going flag. On? That was a really big red flag. We go back oh to Jack. God. He does not destroy the radio. You'd think he'd take, you know, an axe, a baseball bat, something, just destroy the radio. No, it's actually much smarter. He takes out three of the pieces and just has them so you can't fix it. The pieces are just gone. And it's not so obvious that it's been destroyed. So the radio stops working. That's his step one. Then it shows Dick. He's deciding to fly to Colorado and gets a snow cat to go up there. It takes him a couple of days, but he's realizing something's wrong. Right. I tried to He'd call him. Been, they can't right. get a hold of him. Trying to call, trying yeah. to call the, uh, like the forest rangers or whoever up yes. there to be able to radio to yes. the hotel. Cause obviously the lines are down with the mm-hmm. snowstorm and all that. Wendy, she checks on Jack. Who's just, he, all he is is writing. I mean, a couple hundred pages probably. This is like a thick stack of papers. All that's on the writing is all it's work about, and no it's play. About, Go ahead. It's about 500 pages. Jeez, there's 500. There's a, uh, there's kind of myth or uncertainty about this part too. Some people say that Kubrick um, typed all of those pages himself, all 500 pages. No himself. way. Because we always Some see people like 10 say, there's no way. So I don't know. Some people say that it was just like his secretary that typed them all. But it's not like, the interesting thing is like, it's not like just copied on there. Like no. you can tell. Each one's individual. Because they always say like, each one has like different formats yes. or like little yes. mistakes or like one mm-hmm. of them, like the words are in like triangles. Like yes. there's no, yes. Real, so I think, I don't know if he wrote all 500 pages, but I think somebody actually wrote 500 that, pages. That's, in, of, that's insane. Yes. Cause yeah, it just keeps yeah. saying all work and no play all makes work. Jack a dull play, makes Jack a dull boy. That's all it says. I mean, yeah. you're talking thousands of times over these pages, just yes. over and over. This is where Jack catches her. He's clearly this is where so with, he's a done. T- with a typewriter too, which with is a not typewriter. a which is not a necessarily fast typing. No, thing, but Jack is clearly at this point he's gone crazy and he's mad at her. He's showing the full fury, and he's walking around to her saying, "You're trying to ruin this for me," and you know I care about Danny, but he's clearly crazy. She's got the bat in her hands, and he kind of not chases her, but walks towards her. She's walking backwards all the way to the top of the stairs, and whenever Jack's finally going to attack Wendy. You know, she's swinging. I'm saying, stay away, stay away. Wendy hits Jack's hand and then his head. And he goes tumbling down the stairs. Very impressive fall, mind you, by whoever the stunt double was. And she takes him to the walk-in freezer. Hurt really bad. (laughs) Yes. She takes him to the walk-in freezer and gets him in there. Doesn't have him, locks him in. And he says, you're not going anywhere. Go ahead and check out the snow cat and the radio. And you're going to be in for a surprise. And she sees the radio sabotage and the snow cat has a piece taken out as well. So they've both been sabotaged. So there's no way to also, contact clearly, and there's no way to get out. Clearly, Wendy has been hitting the weights while she's been in this hotel because she drags Jack like a good a good amount of oh, distance. Yeah. Through many rooms. I mean, from the where yeah. they were, down the stairs, all the way to the kitchen. Kitchen's not right off where they were. It was, yeah, pretty far. Right. And he had to be knocked out for a while. So good hit. I mean, That's good, the other thing, yeah. Him. Yeah, I mean, if she needs a... A, uh, a future in baseball she might, she might go for <laughs> another really random thing i like that they like packed up a bunch of stuff to go live at this hotel why would you in the middle of winter pack a baseball bat to go a good question to this hotel? A, maybe it was just one of the one of the things that danny likes i mean there was some big rooms in there was. you know yeah, that, that big I mean, main that's true the yeah that colorado lounge you could absolutely oh, yeah. hit 
a, a, a tennis ball or baseball. You're going to hit a dinger. Might not be the smartest thing. <laughs> get at a dinger up there. Hit it the upper deck up there. <laughs> <laughs> so then we hear Jack passes out. Lloyd is back. You hear Lloyd. He's saying, are you, you know, you haven't done what we needed to do. You haven't killed your family or anything like that. He's like, I promise I will. And Lloyd lets Jack out as Dick drives up in his snowcat. Danny, he's still, he's not possessed, but Tony's kind of with him. He uses lipstick to write. Also real quick. That was one of like the first times that you ever can tell that like these spirits can, they're not like just, they're not like, not just really, doing something or like being seen by Jack or Danny, yeah. like they're actually able to like manipulate things. Yes. To actually do that. Cause they unlock the door. Exactly. Right. And Danny writes red rum on the bathroom door in this lipstick. And then Wendy, she's coming over there to, you know, hug him. Like, are you doing okay? And she sees in the mirror backwards. <gasps> it's murder backwards is red rum, which first time I ever heard that forever ago. It's very good. It's very good writing by uh, Stephen King. I really like that. If, yeah. If you had never, read that or seen the movie and you're like what the hell is red rum and then you see it for the first time you're like oh my god it's it's very good very good and then jack now is when he has the axe and he's chopping his way into the room iconic gets through the front door and then he's chopping at the bathroom door this is when we get the famous here's johnny improv line windy surprisingly yeah yeah danny gets (laughs) gets to slide down a two or three story snow drift wherever they were second or third floor the snow is so high at least yeah the drift i guess it's not actually piled all the way up there but you know it's right it's at at least pushed up against the hotel can push danny and just slides down to safety incredible absolutely if that thing's like three feet lower you're probably not pushing danny out but it's just no way like a slide very very (laughs) convenient height of of a snow drift there and to be in the room they're in Mm -hmm. and for the uh, window to only open a certain amount to where Danny can squeeze through, but Wendy cannot. Wendy cannot get through. So as Jack is chopping in, he reaches in because he's chopped through enough of the door. He reaches in to unlock the door, but Wendy cuts at his hand and buys just enough time. And they hear Dick driving in on his snow cat. And he starts, this is a problem I have with the movie. Okay. And not with the movie with Dick. He's coming in expecting, he knows of the former caretaker that's a, that's that killed his point. family. Great point. And he's worried that's what's happening again. So what does he do when he sees and hears nobody? Hey, anyone here? Anyone here just calling out to the hotel? And as he's walking through, Jack jumps behind a pillar and just stabs him in the chest with the axe. Just hits him dead center, like off to the, you know, right where his heart is basically and kills him. And I'm like, if you think that the former caretaker is possessed by something and trying to murder his family why would you walk in and be like is anybody here you're just walking around like that what is that made no sense to me i I could not that is a really good point you would think that either like danny would have like told him like hey like stuff's gonna happen or if i mean if dick already has this shining ability would he maybe have something like that but i don't know because it seems like danny's like abilities are like heightened over his and that is a thing in the book yeah uh danny is much more skilled with the shining than dick is yeah. and other people because he's yeah. so young and so because dick even says in the book this is a very interesting thing in the book he does it when they first talk about the shining and then later on when he calls him back to the <laughs> hotel is he says give me your bet like really think about talking to me like i want you to give me your all and he's like no i'm gonna hurt you and dick's like uh-huh. no i want you to give me 
like you're shining. And he in the, like, they're talking in the car instead of getting ice cream, or whatever he asked if Danny could help him take his luggage out to the car. And he gives him the shine and it like knocks Dick like backwards. And he's like stunned yeah. by it. And he goes, Whoa. Like, and later on, Danny thinks I have to get Dick back here. He has to save us and gives him a really strong one. And all the way in Florida, like you're talking across the country, right, Colorado to Florida. Yeah. He gives him a shine and I believe it like knocks Dick like backwards there too. Cause he's, he's so gifted. Cause Danny's a child, but he's so yeah. gifted with the shine. Yeah. So I, yeah. But, I, but in the movie, in the movie, Danny really screws Dick over. Yes, but I don't really even, screws him over. I don't even care about the shine. Your basic knowledge of 10 years ago, a caretaker went crazy and killed their family. If you think it's happening again, why are you just walking around willy nilly? Wouldn't you be right. armed with something or a little right. more cautious than just blindly walking? Through? I don't know. It had a problem because yeah. Dick is such a likable character and a scat man. And now he's just dead. So, yeah, yeah. And this is where we got some shots of just weird stuff. Didn't really explain it great that it's kind of if you die, you stick around in the hotel. If you're killed there, if you're a killer there. Right, right. Jack is chasing Danny after he kills Dick. But Wendy, she's kind of looking for them. She sees what I would describe as a furry with a guy in one of the bedrooms. (laughs) A guy's in a suit and he's with a furry. And I mean, tell me if I'm wrong. That's what it looks like. It's a furry. I mean, yeah, it's, it looks like, I can't tell what animal is maybe like a pig or bear costume. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. And he's like with a guy in a suit. He's on I mean, that's a furry is incredible. The guy is in the suit on a bed and then there's dead people in a ballroom. So she's seeing all these crazy weird things, but then Danny gets smart here. Okay. This is Danny really shows that he's a smart kid. Cause Jack chases Danny outside into the maze, turns on the lights, but Danny g- runs deep into the maze. But then realizes i can't get away jack my dad is just gonna follow my footsteps through this snow so he steps backwards in his own steps and hides off to the side so that his dad will pass him see that the tracks are dead and then pick a random way and just go so then danny can turn and get out of the maze which he does he gets out and of also course, impressive that he was able to just get out of the maze like that. Like, well, what I thought is he probably just followed the footsteps, right? Because if you, I, unless you crossed yourself oh, backwards, you could, yeah, yeah, you could follow those back. Yeah, Jack can't find his way out, partly because he's discombobulated, he's freezing. It's the demon or you know spirit inside of him. He can't get out. It's a very you know tough maze in general already. So in the morning he's frozen and dead, and it gives us a great. Jack Nicholson frozen <laughs> meme that we still use to this day. Still very good on those cold days in yeah. Oklahoma or wherever you just see those pop up on Twitter. And it's like, here's how I felt uh, leaving, you know, whatever couch, uh, uh, the couch dorm today in like February. And oh, that, sh- Whoa, shout out to couch dorm at the Man, university. You remember those blasts of those doors, whenever those, oh double, those God, sliding no doors, open, you would get hit with the Arctic air. You know what I'm talking about? If you went to OU, you're and like, you oh my, to, oh yeah. you're like, oh my God, I got to, walk a whole mile to class now in this weather <laughs> great so then wendy and danny they get away on dick's snowcat that he drove in and then in the overlook we see an old 1921 party picture and jack proving that he has always been there he's in a party picture with a bunch of people and it's proving that when you die there you'll stay there and that's the end of the film we see that jack is now what was taken over him and him he is now a part of the Overlook Hotel. So, Davis, Good first stuff. question, as always, Good stuff. coming out of that scariest moment of the movie. What do you think it was? Okay. So, obviously, like I said, I've seen this movie maybe maybe three or four times. I'm not really yep. sure. 
but I know for sure for a fact that the scariest thing when I first watched the movie was 100% the like decayed old woman walking and like laughing and stuff that that scared mm-hmm. the hell out of me the first time I saw it it's just like so first of all she looks absolutely disgusting like all the decay and like sores and stuff on her body is disgusting plus she's nude which adds like a just an uncomfortable just like it follows it. just like it follows you know yeah can't have a scary movie without some nudity am I right <laughs> anyways <laughs> so far that Taking has been our experience out, so, I, mean, I want to see him how many of the, the of the six movies how many times has there been someone naked i mean we're talking i'm trying e- to think of which evil one dead, there hasn't been evil dead yes there, uh, was there nudity in Halloween? I think there was. I, yes, there. Is. Oh, no doubt. Halloween and Friday the Thirteenth, because of all the kids, you know, like the teenagers and everything. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Evil Dead, yes. Uh, the Shining, it follows, yes. yes. It follows you. The only one is Insidious. That- I don't believe there was. No, there wasn't. There wasn't. So one movie has not had it. <laughs> That's one. pretty impressive. One. Do we uh, need to add a, a sixth category onto our? <laughs> thing and it's just the quality of nudity that's in there how how revolting <laughs> is the nudity in this one I, I, <laughs> and i do hate that we're too we don't really talk about these things ahead of time for the people listening we do not talk about yeah. these movies much beforehand i hate no, that we're no. so similar with so many of these things doing these podcasts because i've got the same thing i got the old lady not specifically when he first sees her decayed it's when he's backing up and she's like laughing and walking towards him it's yeah. very creepy there's not a whole lot of jump scares in this one. So I thought that was the scariest moment as well. Just seeing this creepy figure walking towards him. That's a fair point that it like, I get that it takes away a little bit that we don't talk about this before and we're picking the same thing. But if anything, if that happens in movies, that probably more so speaks to that part of the movie and the movie itself than if yes. we're both picking the same thing. You know it's what true. I mean? It's so, true. Very true. So, and it probably, it probably changes with time a little bit. Like I yeah. could see any like the the um jack nicholson chopping down the the door with an axe and the whole here's johnny being the scariest part of the movie previously or the, like the little girls in the hallway i can see that being the scariest part i, of the I movie also previously. think killing dick because they really ramped up the music and like the yeah mm. yeah when he got like hit you know i'm sure that yeah. was supposed to be a really scary part um there's that a was probably times- one of the only jump scares in the movie too yes oh, i think that was yeah there's he, not like, many jump scares Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's probably when he jumps from behind the pillar there. Yeah. I would agree. Cause it's, yeah. Anytime the music really ramps up, you can tell they're going for like, this is supposed to be a really scary part. So, like, when he sees the girls right. like talking, to, and that's pretty creepy too. I will say my number two would probably be when Danny sees them and they actually speak yeah. and he sees them chopped up dead. They start talking to him. Like, that's a pretty creepy scene in general. So, I, I would say yeah, that qualifies. Yeah, uh, as it's just interesting, I would, I would bet the scariest moment with, in a lot, like a lot of these movies from like the seventies and eighties that we've been looking at, I bet the scariest moment changes over time. Yes. Oh, for if, sure. As compared to as you watched it back then as yes. today. It's just but even that one still, the old lady was still pretty freaky in the first. It's, yeah. It's just yeah. creepy. Yeah. It's yeah. weird to, to see. Yeah. Uh, as everyone out there knows, we scary movies are, there's different types. There's slashers, there's supernatural. There's, there's different types of movies. So we have a category best kill that generally is for the slashers, you know, Friday the 13th for when there's multiple people dying. For those yep. of you out there that are waiting for it, I went ahead and put down Frozen Jack as my favorite one, but only two people die. So it's really <laughs> not that important. I, I guess the daughters also die. And then there's 
frozen Jack yeah. and there's Dick, but I just don't really see the daughters die. Yeah. Though, so it's like, I, I would just go frozen Jack. Cause it's very, you know, <laughs> it's just Jack. iconic. Also one, of, also one of my favorite drinks, the old frozen Jack. The but, frozen uh... Jack. <laughs> <laughs> so no, Davis... I mean, there's not much, there's not much else. I mean, yeah. Old, uh, old Dick getting chopped in the chest was, it was a, it was a jump scare, but it's, it's over pretty quick. You know, yeah, he gets also, hit he's, one he's hit. Dead to the chest and he's dead in like three seconds. Come on. I hate that movie. Yeah. People die instantly from things. I'm like, come <laughs> on. That's not how that would happen. I don't know. The, uh, the ax is like buried in his chest. No, so like I, it's, I get it's that. in there. Unless it hit his heart. He's not dying instantly. Yeah. If you yeah. sliced his yeah. heart, sure. But you'll see, you don't talk about when someone gets shot, like in the stomach and they're dead in five seconds. I'm like, that's not how yeah. that would work. You would not die it's, that quickly from that be, being hurt in that place. You know? It's just, yeah, it's kind of funny how there's not much of a medium, I guess, or like a like a measuring stick for what it takes to kill somebody in horror movies. Like some people, yep. it'll be like, mm-hmm. okay, one hit, you're done. And then like, I went and saw the new Scream movie this past weekend with my wife and like this girl gets stabbed 20 times maybe. And then she lives and you're like, wait a second, there's no chance in hell. And that's how it is. With, remember with like... uh Michael and whatnot, you know, if you're a villain, uh, you can be shot like seven times. You can get uh, a machete stabbed in. You can get shot 20 times. A tank can roll over you. does not matter. You can just get up and walk away. coming back. Yeah. You better get get up and make this money for the sequel. All right. (laughs) You better get your ass up. We got seven sequels to shoot. (laughs) So Davis takes us to winner and loser. Who you got for winner and loser of this film? Okay. First, who's your winner? Winner, I almost went with Scatman Crothers and only for the point that he has one of the best names of all time. <laughs> it's a sick name. It is sick. Hey, Scatman Crothers, you want to <laughs> play us a tune real quick? It's just great, great name. Love it. It is fantastic. But I had to go with the winner being the hotel and then hotels in general. Okay. Okay. Hotel has proven over decades that it's going to win every time, no matter mm-hmm. who you are, where you're coming from. You're you're staying there. You're even if you're furry, you're <laughs> all are welcome. All are welcome at the Overlook Hotel. I will say but, to go off of that, uh, a big difference in the book and the movie. Jack uh, does have a redemption. He loves Danny so much. He eventually pulls himself away. And one of his things throughout the book he has to do is take care of the boiler because the pressure builds and builds because it's kind of broken. Right. He has to release it like once or twice a day so it doesn't explode. At the very end of the book, Danny and Wendy get away, and the demon is trying to get him to release the pressure. And his last heroic act is like, you know, I know how I've treated my family. I've been a bad person. He fights with the spirit and doesn't allow the pressure to be released, and the boiler explodes and burns Burns down the hotel. So the hotel doesn't get to hurt anyone else, but not in the movie. In the movie, it does is Jack, still... Did Jack die in the book? Jack dies, yes. Okay, good. I'd ex- be like, if he like, with him got away, there, that'd be, yeah. be kind of not as good if he... No, he's right away. by it because the thing's trying to get him to, like, you need to release it, you're one of us. So he does have a... In the book, or in the movie, he's just evil. You know, he gets taken over, it's right. over. In the book, he does get taken over, but he fights it. Like, he's clearly trying to fight, like, for his family and everything, and he does yeah. end up dying, but he allows the boiler to blow up the hotel, which releases, yeah. you know, anything that's haunting it. Right. Interesting. Interesting. But so not a winner in the book, of... but it is a winner in the movie. 
good point good point and then on top of just the hotel being a winner i also think that like hotels in general are winners from this obviously there had been i don't know how many but there's like there's haunted hotel stories or movies before this one Mm -hmm. but this movie was huge um major actors obviously reached a lot of people you got to think that any hotel that maybe had a little bit of haunting story to it it's like let's get this rolling we're gonna make so much money off this sort of thing that's that is very that's a very good call that is probably true yeah probably set off a craze of people being like i want to experience this and probably even more so especially that hotel that they used in oregon and especially Mm. the the uh, stanley hotel in colorado you know they they found out that that hotel was an inspiration for the movie and you're like or the book and you're like okay we're gonna whatever story you've ever had just double it i don't care yep how ridiculous it's so, a very good call it's a very good call for a what it, yeah yeah what about you what about you so i got a runner-up because i couldn't pick between these two but i'm i'm ultimately going to my runner-up is wendy okay because here's the thing she ends up living she and her son get away she does and her, even before he was possessed, husband is very verbally abusive and clearly yeah, wants to hit Danny. <laughs> and he's even saying, I'm staying sober, but I hate every second of it. Uh, Danny's going to get his and Wendy, like he's always cursing her. This is before he's possessed. He's like mean to her. So she gets away yep. and doesn't have her abusive husband anymore. But I'm going to go with my ultimate winner, very similar to what I did for the Evil Dead. I'm going to go Ullman. And similar to what you said, because even though now, a caretaker has killed his entire family and himself, and a second caretaker has, you know, was clearly the story's going to get out that he was possessed, whatever, killed Dick, ended up dying himself. You know that hotel's going to still rake in money, like hand over fist. Like it's still going to chug along, and there's going to be a new caretaker next year. I'm getting the vibe that it does not matter what happens at this hotel, Olman <laughs> is going to make his millions of dollars. Like he is going there, to continue yeah. to flourish. They are able to close for over half of the year and yes. still be profitable with six this hotel. And, and it's clearly yeah. so fancy. Like these guys are making so much money. They're closed for six yeah. half months and a tragedy is happening every 10 years. And it just yeah. does not affect them. And it doesn't blow up in the movie. So he just they're gonna keep cashing in on it. It's incredible. It's really great point. Great point. Also to add to that, it's interesting. He could be a, a winner also because he's never been like uh, possessed by this thing. He's just True. He's just working his normal job. He could be, he's the easiest bait possible. He's sitting right there for you. Well, to be fair though, the caretaker makes the most sense because if you do anything during the five and a half months that they're open, it can shut the place down. That's true, you gotta be there during the winter. The caretaker, you can kind of swipe it under the rug. Okay, well, no one was here to witness it. (laughs) He went crazy. It doesn't matter. You could get more people if Ullman locked the doors and killed everyone inside, but you're only going to do that once. The spirit's only going to get that once and that place is getting shut down. You do it with the caretakers yeah. and only kills his own family. Not a big deal. No one cares. You know, it's like, okay, it's well, true. so be it. We're, we got like $50 million coming to us in the next month that we open. So who cares? True. True. And I don't know, don't know how it works, but conceivably the, uh, the hotel itself has plenty of time to clean itself up before, uh, anybody oh. shows up. After yeah. Cause the they said it's only a five month job. And I was doing the math. That yeah. means it's close for six. That means they have six weeks from when the caretaker leaves from when they get back to when they open six weeks, they can scrub that place clean. They, oh, yeah. they, no one knows that like people were brutally murdered in there. No one has oh, yeah. any idea. Oh, yeah. Takes me to Cash the loser cow. now. Cash cow the, the hotel business. <laughs> the ca- that's exactly right. <laughs> uh, my loser in this one, Davis, man, I got to go Dick. And here's the reason. Dick has had the shine. Very few people have this in the whole world. This ESP, this gift. Yeah. He has it. He's really good at it. He cares about others, right? 
And he even does the right thing in this movie. He is like the, the nicest character comes back in, does the right thing. And all he does is get murdered seconds. He, he flies yeah. across the country, drives in through the mountain, drives on the roads, takes the snow cat up, does all these things dead within like two minutes of getting into the hotel. And he's the only one that dies. At least it gets murdered. Like he's the one that dies. All he had to do was sit in his house in Florida and come back on May 1st or whatever. He would have been fine, but he showed that yeah. he cares about others. He cared about Danny and he ended up being a sacrifice for them. So I got to go with him as the loser. I mean, it just sucks. That's honestly really true. That's pretty unfortunate. Like he has, you would think he has had this job for a long, long time being the, the chef at the hotel. Oh yeah. oh yeah. And it's even better because half of the year, it kind of seemed like he doesn't work. He just lives in Florida. Yes. He, just lives, like, he just gets to lounge around in Florida with these naked pictures on the walls. That's what he does <laughs> yeah. for his free time. Like he's, his feet are just propped up on a pillow. He's just sitting there. He does. He yeah. makes so much money in those five and a half months. He can just chill in Florida for the other six and a half. And he decides yeah. to go back in the bitter winter only for what to get killed. Yeah. He, oh, it was yeah. a tough trip though. Also by the very way, tough. I trip. mean, Okay, first of all, there's no chance a plane is landing yeah. in those conditions. There was true. way too much snow. <laughs> That's very true. But uh, yeah, to do all that and to find a way up the, because you had to probably drive in the snow just to get to the snowcat. Yes. And then it didn't seem like it was a short distance no. for the snowcat to go. He's going up into the, the mountain. Up the mountain. Yeah. Wow. Oh. Man. Man. So who's your loser, Davis? Who you got? And how is it what not life. Dick? What a life you live, Dick. <laughs> <laughs> who's your loser and how how is it not Dick? Because my goodness, he lost my boy lost big. It's a fair point. It's a fair point. He did die, but there's one living person who's a bigger loser. Okay. And that's poor poor Danny. This okay. kid has gone through so much. Yeah, he did. First of all, he he's getting abused by his dad. Mm-hmm. Even though they didn't like say it a ton in the movie, you can kind of tell. You, that it's, you it's can read there. between the lines there, yeah. Two he looks like a crazy ass kid who probably doesn't have any friends because he talks through a yep. little thing in his, in his finger three, he's being like terrorized by these like visions and is having like seizures and stuff while he's having, yeah, which is not how out. it happens in the books e- book either. But in the movie, yes, he very much like, he like seizes up when he shines. Like he like yeah. starts literally having a seizure. Yeah. And then four, by the end of the movie, he's like practically taken over by this, Yep. Tony that's inside yep. of him like he's like he's not himself anymore he's just yep. like a shell and he kind of kind of kills his dad kind of like kind of kills his kind dad. of does yeah. yes that's actually very true he and his, does and his, his good dad. friend is dead because he's a good friend with Jack uh, he calls yeah. Dick back and kills him too like he causes exactly. Dick and his dad to die yeah Man. he got terrorized by the the twin girls he gets terrorized by the lady in the bathtub like he has been through it <laughs> he, he gets- he gets touched by the woman too. Remember, she's got that. He's got that yes. mark around that. He gets grabbed by the woman. Yes, he is. If he didn't have a psychologist or psychiatrist before, he's going to need one now because he's Big been time. he's Big been time. through some things. Yes, he and has. the only other person he knew knows that had The Shining also. He's dead. So he's dead. Yep. Good you're, luck you're finding someone else. You're even more alone now. Yeah, loser. So that takes us loser. to loser. <laughs> also terrible haircut on danny yeah terrible that's, that's pretty pretty My rough yeah goodness yes the old bowl cut with like the <laughs> frame around the face yep. so that takes us to our the reason we have this podcast davis rating these movies all the time i'm very interested to see how close we are on these i'm actually i was yeah very I'm, interested i was while watching this i was like i really couldn't get a vibe of how 
close we were going to be on this movie yep. in particular because in the past we've had a couple movies that were like we're almost the exact same score we're giving it and then there's a couple movies where we've been pretty far apart so i'm, I'm yep. yeah i'm very interested to see how close we are with this so first of all we got the story davis this is just the it's however you want to do it. It's not necessarily how creative or unique it is. It's just kind of the story in general, right. but how much you like the story, you can factor in how creative it is, you know, just different aspects of it. But Davis, story yeah. of The Shining, how'd you feel? Right. So if we're going to say, you know, just first of all, like how original the story, I guess, is, you know, it's a person isolated going crazy. Um person isolated and go to crazy <laughs> sorry my microphone was away from my mouth there for a second but we're leaving it in this is that type of podcast we don't edit crap out um person isolated going crazy uh kind of haunted hotel it's nothing super new but kind of the dynamic of it's really just this family that's it in the hotel. It's just these three people mm-hmm. and they're all three going th- through stuff. That's like completely, completely different. Danny's dealing with this whole shining thing. And like, he's seeing things that's awful for him. Wendy is like the most happy, supportive wife in the beginning. She really is. She really is. And like super like happy go lucky. And Jack's being a dick to her, but she's like, okay, I'll bring you sandwich- sandwiches <laughs> yes. later. Um, and then she goes to now she's like just terrified of mm-hmm. um, her husband and everything that's going on. And then Jack, who, I mean, is kind of a dick in the first place, but is slowly like going insane with all this stuff going mm-hmm. on. Um, it's a really like, I don't know what you want to say. It's, it's an in-depth story for only having three people there, you yeah. know? Yeah. And the, uh, the hotel itself is almost kind of like a character you're mm-hmm. really drawn into being there almost with them in the hotel all that being said i gave it a nine i think it's a really just solid story it's entertaining it's uh and you i think because there are free characters you like get more into the story you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying mm-hmm. what do you think about it uh i like a lot of the things that you said obviously we've talked about a lot of the strengths of this story i mean you someone going yeah. crazy the shine is such a unique idea like that that whole also idea that, just, also that yeah you know and the, the, the fact that before i ever read it saw the movie anything i'm thinking the shining is what makes him go crazy right it's two completely different things the shining right. thing the power and what takes over jack and tries to kill him is two separate things that's what's crazy is that the, what the book is even named what the, the movie's named is not even what the evil power is and that's what i thought it was right i still liked all the things you said my only problem with it is and this probably is not fair to our breakdown, but I'm going to do it anyway. It's so not true to the book, and there's so many differences sure. from the book, I have to take off for that. So I'm not just sure. looking at it that. as the movie story. So if I had never yeah. read it, it would be higher. I was thinking an eight. I'm going to go a six because mm-hmm. I thought the differences were just too bad. So like I said, that's not fair if I'm looking just at the movie, but I got to compare it to what the story could have been. So I'm going right. to go a six. And there could have, you're saying there could have been way more with the story. Yeah, in the if movie. you were just more accurate with it, who was going to yeah. live and die and just the way things happened, you could have described. There was so much more depth to this story, what The Shining was, who was right. haunting the hotel, how were they haunting the hotel, what was some of the history of evil things that had happened in the hotel that are completely left. I get it's hard in a movie. I understand that. Right. But it's just showing that there was so much more, so much meat left on the bone is how I describe it. There was just so much there. Yeah that we just didn't get. And it kind of boils down to haunted hotel, 
guy goes crazy, kid. And then the only unique thing, oh, the shining stuff, like the actual killing thing is there's not really a whole lot there. So still yeah. not terrible. I'll still go with six, but there just could have been a lot more to it. Yeah, that's uh, fair. That's fair. Davis, scariness. How scary you thought this one was? Um, This one, we go over this every single time with movies from this era. It's just, it's really hard to judge, yeah. but we do our best. Um, Modern day watching it and like watching it for the third or fourth time now, it's like, it's not so much that it's scary. There's not like mm-hmm. many moments where I'm like freaked out. The bathtub old lady thing, that's kind of freaky. The mm-hmm. twins are kind of freaky. But otherwise, it's just like an overall constant kind of anxiety or uneasiness that you feel when watching the movie. It's always just kind of things that are a little weird off and like creepy, but nothing like too scary. That being said, though, I could see, and I know from, you know, having talked to my parents in the past or whatever about the movie, this movie was probably terrifying to anybody watching it for the first time back then. So those two being as it is, I kind of go in the middle between those two. So I would just went with a seven. It's a solid seven. It still holds up with creepiness and a few scares here in the modern era, but I know that it was much scarier back in 1980 when it came out. Yeah, that that's true. I would agree with that. Just like a lot of these that we do from the 80s, it would be scarier back then. I went a seven as well, though, just because it is still legitimately scary. There's some creepy moments and there is just that unedge and anxiety as you watch the movie as a whole. So really not giving yeah. it too much of a bump. I would still say it's a seven. Yeah, if we watch this, if we watch this rise, it came out in 1980 and did a podcast the next day, which didn't exist back then. Uh, yeah, it's probably a little bit higher, but um, I'd give it a set. It holds up pretty well. I'm probably giving I'm giving it a yeah. bit of a bump being older, but still, yeah, it's pretty creepy. It gives you good anxiety. It keeps you on edge throughout, and the music adds to it, like we've talked about before. So yeah, I'd say it's a seven. And honestly, yeah. Wendy, you feel bad for the character, the actress though. She looks like uh, she's pretty creepy looking. I'm not gonna lie, she looks like she fits a scary movie. I'm not gonna lie. She's got so, some large. She got some large chompers on that one. I'm not and gonna, you, you even I'm also not gonna hold back there. Jack Nicholson. Even when he's talking to Lloyd in the bar, he's just a weird guy. His eyebrows are always up, and he's just got well, you know, he's yeah. just doing his his Jack Nicholson things that are creepy in any movie. So yeah. it really fits this. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but speaking of him, this had some heavy hitters in this, obviously. But the acting, Davis, how do you feel about the acting in The Shining? This was probably the easiest one for me to rate. Um, typically, after these movies, I some of these categories are super easy for me to rate. I'm going to be like, yeah, that's this for me. And then some of them will yep. be like, I'll sit there for a while. Like mm-hmm. how entertaining was this movie? Well, I, I mean, it was entertaining, but then I got bored at this part and yep. there's things like that. This was the easiest one for me. This was a 10 out of 10 on acting. And it wasn't just because of Jack Nicholson, although mm-hmm. him in this movie is probably one of my favorite performances that I've seen by an actor in a movie. It's like, he's ridiculous. Um, The way he's able to go from like, kind of just normal, kind of just like a cold husband, father to progressively more and more like outlandish and creepy and going back and forth between talking to these supposed spirits that are going to be there or now his wife's there and he's pissed again or Mm -hmm. he's scared and now he's pissed. It's wild. And his face like, all his facial expressions are insane. He makes so yep. many different facial expressions that say a ton through all that. Mm-hmm. But on top of that, the girl who plays Wendy does a great job. She goes from mm-hmm. being like super nice and happy to being terrified and screaming and 
yep. scared the entire time. And then the kid did really well. Like he had some stares where like this kid looks creepy as hell or like when he's spazzing out he looks creepy or the little voice is creepy they all like did really well and it's only really like three people that are the actors in this movie and they're like able to carry the story pretty easily so it was an easy 10 for me yeah i i went just i went a nine very similar to what you were saying uh i think it would be lower if if this was the acting now i probably wouldn't have as much because there's just certain parts that's not the absolute a plus acting but for 1980 and how there was not movies like this back then, but I thought Jack Nicholson's Jack Nicholson. I mean, he does very well with a lot of the facial expressions. Like you said, I thought Scatman was good. Could have used a little more from him. Could have used like a little more coming out of him. A little more Scatman. Scatman Crithers. And then the kid was good, but I I agree. I think the movie was stolen by Wendy, by Miss Duval over there. I thought she did a, she portrayed the character so well. She really, conveyed a lot of terror and when she would need to be scared she showed the loving wife when she needed to be there when she needed to be the mom she's still i i can't really like jack nicholson it's not fair that he's already a star so i see it as jack nicholson acting this woman if i saw her in anything yeah. else i'm like she comes across as a terrified woman like this yep. is real to her so i was very impressed by her see i went very similar to you it's always so tough to give a 10 just because it's like it's I'm, I'm so weird. It might even deserve it. I'm just going nine because it's still maybe if this was our 15th or 20th movie, maybe I would go a 10. I'm just trying to hold right. back. But I went nine. And yeah, that could be too low. Honestly, very good acting. Very good. That's, it's, it's tough to say. I mean, I, I, I at least foresee that in all of the different movies we're going to watch, there's probably going to be very few movies that I give a 10 in acting in particular just because yeah i don't know for whatever reason scary movies kind of have that you know stereotype about them that the acting is not going to be great or anything or mm-hmm. that's true. anything to to talk about but this movie in particular i think has really incredible acting so that's that's one of the few tens on acting or even probably nines from you that yeah. you'll see in th- yeah. that category i would say well, we got production next. How'd you feel about that? You, obviously, we talked about Stanley Kubrick, but like as far as, you know, this is directing, this is lighting, this is the shooting of it, the editing, the sound mixing, however you want to see the production of this movie, how it was yeah. brought together, Davis. What'd you think? This was the second easiest one for me to okay. rate. This is also was a quick 10 for me. Okay. Um, there's, I don't know. It, it's just like, I wish I was more educated how to, Mm-hmm. To talk about these kind of movies more there's just so many shots that are just draw you in he did had a bunch of you know i think this is around when uh steady cam first being, being okay. started being used in movies so i think there's a lot of like those tracking following shots or stuff like that but there's so many of them that like this is supposed to be a huge hotel a bunch yep. of ballrooms hallways and all this stuff but it like draws you into the point where you feel like, you know, this hotel, you know, yeah. what's on this side of the hotel, you know, what's up there, you know, what's back in the lobby. You can like tell where everything is. And you're so in the hotel with the characters. Maybe that's also because there's only a few of them and you're paying so much attention to like the surroundings and stuff. Mm-hmm. And that could very well be uh, be on purpose. Um, yeah. The music is pretty constant and using ryan's favorite violins um, oh they were back again in full force (laughs) my goodness but uh it's always sharp and making things very uneasy um Mm -hmm. the shot of jack looking down like the miniature of the Mm -hmm. maze and he's like seeing uh wendy and danny walking in the maze it's like 
it's almost just like good as a picture. You just yeah. see it, it's like yeah. mesmerizing. Or there's other ones where it just looks like a picture, but you know the actors are moving within it. It's yep. all really incredible. And obviously Kubrick's known for all of his attention to detail. Yep. There's probably hundreds of papers written on this movie. And yep. There's a bunch of you know use of red, the color red. Kubrick uses a ton in general and uses a ton in this mm-hmm. movie. So that could be a whole probably podcast episode on its own, but to shorten it up, I gave it a 10. What do you, what do you think about? Yeah, I'm probably again, not quite fair enough. I went eight again, if this was probably back then, I probably would have gone higher, but I'm trying to look at it as based off 1980 because nothing was really revolutionary. But when you look at it through the lens of 40 plus years ago, I remember I've seen a behind the scenes. I don't know if you've ever seen the clip, but whenever he, whenever Jack is in the walk-in freezer, it shows a camera shooting it. And it's how they're on a track in front of Wendy where it follows her down and gets her. And then underneath Jack, a guy is literally like on a little uh, skateboard almost and is literally shooting up into it. And just, you can see the stuff for 1980s. This was clearly very high end. It's good editing, very good sound mixing for what you get in this. Nothing felt overly cheesy for being 40 plus years, which I'm impressed by that it's aged very well. So I guess I'm probably not being totally fair, but I feel better now, especially that you're going to 10. That averages out for a nine for each of us. So I feel better about yeah. it, but I went at eight. It's done very well. And some of those bigger things like the blood coming out of the elevator and just the way some things are done, the fact that it could still be creepy and like the old woman could look that disgusting. Yeah. The, uh, the sores and stuff on the, on yeah. the old woman still, still hold up for sure. It's it looks impressive. So like I said, yeah. probably not being totally fair enough, but I just, I, I wanted something to, maybe not even blow me away, just something to be like, oh, that was really good. But I couldn't quite get that, yeah. which isn't fair being 40 plus years, but I went an eight. Uh, finally, though, we do have entertainment. Yeah. How, how entertained were you overall as a movie when you you finished this off? How'd you feel, Davis? Mm. This one is one of the more difficult ones. It typically is, I think. But yeah. I went with a seven. I think that overall, first of all, if you haven't seen the movie before, you're probably going to be really drawn in by the story and everything. And the actors and all of that it's gonna draw you and it's you're trying to figure out what's going on so it's entertaining in that sense the only reason i kind of take some off is because for a horror movie this movie is i think two hours and 25 minutes long mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is long for a horror movie it's very long long, long. so i understand understandably there's parts where you might kind of drift off from it or there's parts where it's not going to captivate your every attention um yes the shot of slowly zooming in on jack's face while he's creepily staring at the window is like a great shot but it's also a long shot that you're if you're not into that type of thing you probably wouldn't uh probably wouldn't enjoy it too much so easy kind of it's good entertaining seven but not uh not the most riveting or captivating movie that we've done on this podcast it's very interesting uh, because you were we were either even or you were higher on every category except for entertainment. I went eight, which because yeah. actually kind of the opposite reasons that you said whenever I first clicked on because I'd seen this maybe twice before, including this mm-hmm. summer right after I read it. And when I clicked on it to watch this again and it said two hours and 23 or exactly whatever it was, I was shocked because once again, when I watched through, it did not feel like it was that long. So I thought. Yes, there are some areas of it that could have been quicker. I was actually impressed that I thought it would be, you know, it would feel a lot slower. And I was actually pretty impressed that it seemed to go at a good pace for something that was so long. 
And overall, just right. like I said, the story could have been better. But when I'm taking out the story, that's a separate category. If I'm just looking at this movie as the straight up entertainment, yeah, it's very entertaining. I mean, a lot of there's a lot of cool mm. stuff throughout. It keeps you on edge with just so many weird things that are happening. You you don't really know what to predict at any given point, which I always I always appreciate when you can't predict endings or things to it. So I went with right. an eight. And overall, when you look at ours, let's just go back through these really quick stories. Did we do did we do scary yet? Yeah, yeah, we did that second. Okay, just making sure. Yeah, so I we had the st- okay, okay, the good. story. I was a six, you were a nine, Davis. Scariness, both of us a seven. Nice acting. I was a nine, you were a ten. <laughs> Production eight, and you said a ten as well. And then entertainment eight for me, seven for you. Overall, this is a thirty-eight for me, a thirty-eight out of fifty. Davis, a forty-three out of fifty. So five points apart. You add those together. That is an 81 out of 100. Davis, to the all-time list we go. Put it up coming, on the board. Coming in at number two all-time is The Shining, 81. One point behind Insidious at 82. Wow. One point behind Insidious at 82. Five points ahead of The Evil Dead from our last episode at 76. So it sits all-time second out of six. In order, we have insidious at one going down to the shining the evil dead halloween friday the 13th and it follows losing one point out to insidious davis very close i was not expecting that pretty- i love insidious i did not think it would be right there with insidious that's pretty interesting which i feel like i probably padded the stats a little bit with this one where was your individual score for the shining compared to the evil dead because that's so- that's what it overtook as second place. The Shining, I had 38. For The Evil Dead, I had 36. For you, oh, interesting. you had... I, okay, I, I expected The Evil yeah. Dead to be higher for you. Okay. So it was two points higher for The Shining, and then you had 43 for The Shining, 40 for The Evil Dead. So uh, you know, you had it three points higher, I had The Shining two points higher. And yeah, I'm, I'm a little surprised, but it's, you don't get as much depth you know, with The Evil Dead. Like It's very, not. I don't want to say service yeah, levels, like it, but there's not as much depth to that type of movie. That's um, true. It's pretty much let's just pour blood everywhere, which I, was understandably what they're trying to do. So I will say I'm not shocked that it's second. I knew it'd be third at the worst. I'm not surprised it's second. I'm surprised yeah. it's closer to Insidious than it is the Evil Dead. I thought it would be closer to the Evil Dead than it would be Insidious. I did not think it would be pushing for that number one spot. Yeah, I am surprised that it was that close. And I'm surprised a little bit that there was a what a five point gap between five the points, and the Evil, Evil Dead. Dead and the Shining. Yeah. I thought yeah. that would be a little closer, and I guess I just had misremembered or something, or didn't really look at it. But I also thought that the Evil Dead was slightly higher. I thought it okay. was, I would thought it was almost in that eighty range. But yeah. Well, that being said, it's a. I'm not surprised that it's up near the top. I'm not well, at it, all surprised. And it's with the Evil Dead being seventy six and Insidious eighty two. There's a six point gap. I was thinking the Shine's going to be maybe slightly below the Evil Dead, or probably slightly above it. I was guessing in the seventies. I, in that six point range, I thought, okay, maybe 76 to 78, something like that to be one point shy of insidious. I know we're only six movies in, but that's impressive. Like that's really saying something. Insidious is a very good movie. I agree. And it's interesting looking back, uh, actually for me personally on my scale, this would be the top movie for me. I, I did a, my half of insidious was 40 points. Yes. So I would have been. I'm actually three points higher on this movie. This so is your highest one, and this is my The Shining. This is my second highest, yeah, behind Insidious. Wow. So you like this more than Insidious. What did you Would give you Insidious? Uh, I gave it a 42. 
Okay, so it's close. It's close. I was a forty-two shiny. Well, at least close to mine. Sorry, close to mine. Yeah. So how did you did you uh did you enjoy this? Does that ranking add up for you? Did you enjoy this more than Insidious? I think that makes I think that makes sense. Um, okay. I think Insidious is probably more entertaining in general to me. Yeah. But there's something about like the acting and the directing and the shining that I mm-hmm. it's it just looks so good to me. That's every true. every time I watch it. And I like the, we, it's just a it's just a story that holds up too. Like that's true, I yes. know yep. exactly what's happening. I've seen the movie multiple times, but it's still just interesting to watch and seeing jack go slowly crazy or you know um wendy's getting terrified it's just it, it's entertaining every time it's fun very to watch, interesting but. very interesting we each have a separate favorite movie that is interesting that's something that we hadn't really talked about before that'll be a kind of a a topic to to talk about later on as we get more of these episodes in uh, right before we ask the we uh, do these last two questions. Mary Ellen's about to get back to the dogs. You're going to go crazy. So okay. hold on one second. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> all we have left is the could this happen and would you recommend? For sure. Oh, show. Yeah, I did, yeah. We each have a different favorite. I didn't even notice that when I looked at that. Just now. I was like, yeah, I guess that is higher than Insidious. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, I, I didn't because my mine was four points apart for Insidious. Yours was three points apart for The Shining. Yeah. Because so I far- what carried it for my score was probably the acting and directing. I know that's yeah. I know that's the first ten I've given to acting. Um, I'm pretty sure I'd already done all my notes and stuff for um, the Conjuring just because I wanted to, whatever. And I'm pretty sure, sure. I put a ten for directing and producing for that too. Sure, and but yeah, I don't think I haven't done. I don't the think Conjuring, I had ten sure. for acting. Yeah, okay. On that. Yeah, mine, uh, I also, so Insidious, I was two points higher. The Shining, you were five higher, which I think is our biggest difference. The Evil Dead, you were four higher. Dead even mm-hmm. on Halloween. I was, a ha- <laughs> I was a half a point higher for Friday the 13th, and you were two points higher for It Following. Or It Follows, but all yeah. pretty close. Like, those those are all pretty close. Um, yeah, yep. The only two that are really different is The Shining, Evil Dead, and still it's only four and five. Because Insidious 2, Halloween even, Friday the 13th, half a point, and it follows two points. Like, those are all, like, yeah, you know, you got to get at least a four or five before there's a real difference in the movie. And even yeah. four, I think it's more like five. Um, yeah, I would agree. I would agree. Let's see, where is she? Where, where are you, woman? <laughs> <laughs> Don't. Oh, you can't hear me now. <laughs> you can't hear me now, can you? You can Taylor, don't bother me when I'm writing. What up? He says, what's up? What up? Sorry. <laughs> um, okay, let's do these last two questions. Okay. Uh, where are we? Okay, Davis, so the final two questions we always end on. First one, could this happen in real life? What do you think? Could, could The Shining happen in a real life? Hotel or just the whole story happened in real life? This is like partially yes, partially no for me. Um, I don't think anybody has The Shining in particular that if you want to call it that or ESP where you're able to talk to someone else in your mind or you're able to see things in the future or a small boy named Tony is able to (laughs) talk through you. Um, I don't think that's necessarily true. But on the other side, and also, I don't think necessarily a hotel 
possessing you to kill your family is also necessarily true either. Um, haunted hotel, maybe. What's very real is being isolated in a giant hotel with nobody around. You're snowed in completely. You have nowhere to go. And it's just you and your family in a hotel and you go crazy. 100% could happen. Oh, yeah. 100% could happen. Probably has happened several times if we want to be honest with it. Honestly, I have the same way as you. Actually, this story happened exactly the way it happened? No. But this story happening in any way, yes, because of what you just said. I said yes because cabin fever and alcoholism are very real things. So if you're crazy, you get hammered, you go crazy on your family, whatever. Yeah, absolutely. So I would say yes for those two reasons. The way it actually happened in this movie? No, it would no, yeah. it's not going to happen that way. Not with the shining and, sexism. and all that stuff. Don't don't forget a uh, sexism is very strong in 1980. <laughs> Finally, Davis, would you recommend this movie? Would you recommend The Shining to somebody out there? This is another one where I'm like having to say it depends. If you want something that's like going to flat out scare you and it's like uh action roller coaster the whole time probably not if you're wanting like just a really solid movie that is entertaining has a good story and has some really good acting and you're into kind of the more artistic side of movies then absolutely yes absolutely yes but so it really it's one of those things where it depends on who i'm talking to you know what i mean i would agree with that again um just like each week, it's it's a classic. Anytime we do one of these classics, I think you kind of have to. But I'd say yeah, it's good. It's entertaining. It's not what you just said. It's not going to keep you 100% start to finish. You're completely engaged. It's just super entertaining all throughout. But what you just said, there's so many parts of it that other movies can take from. There's yeah. slow builds. It's, it's just simply a classic that's at yeah. least – entertaining if not very entertaining so i would say yeah like you need to watch it you like scary movies now yeah if i'm saying you got to watch one scary movie i wouldn't say this one but i would say right. yes watch this one you got an all-time list this is gonna make it this is gonna be like you should watch that's true this. that's a fair point if i was saying just anybody like you should watch this movie yes i would say that would i say are you going to enjoy this movie uh maybe maybe not but yeah. i think you should watch it because it's it's a classic and it's a great movie we did it, Davis. That's been six episodes of Talk of the Haunted House, a scary Woo! movie podcast. Thank you all for we joining us. Sort of celebration for uh, episode 10. That's going to be like a milestone. That's If you think about it, that's like 20 hours or so of viewing movies. That's that's a good amount of work we're putting. Could be even more than that. We're doing it for you. We're doing it for you, people. For you, the listeners out there. Because, <laughs> But you, you know how you can repay it? Follow us oh. on social media. Me, yeah. follow me on Twitter at Ryan underscore King underscore now. The show at talk of the house underscore Davis, where can we follow you on Twitter? You can follow me at the real double D's. That's just D S at the end. No E's in between. If you are on Twitter, please go interact with us. Go give us a follow. Go give us some suggestions of movies you want to hear. We are very, very open to any movies that y'all want to hear about um, or any movies that you want to suggest. Um, any likes, retweets or comments about how we're doing any uh, um, sort of, segments that you want us to add to the podcast we're also open to um also do you happen to be a fan of big brother because guess what here here in about uh what about three weeks or so we got celebrity big brother coming back yeah like two weeks and you can hear all about that on the original talk of the house podcast we will uh take you through all that so if you like both you're in the perfect place you like scary movies big brother you, you, you like scary movies, you like Big Brother, boom, here you are. 
you found us. Congrats. But thank you all for listening to our sixth episode of Talk of the Haunted House, a scary movie podcast. You can listen to us. I'm going to not go down the list this time, Davis. You can find us. At, it's Anchor Breaker, Google all the major, Podcasts, all the Pocket Casts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you are listening to podcasts, you can find us. Subscribe, rate, tell your friends about us. Get those listens up as we continue to break down these scary movies. We'll be back again very soon as we get to our seventh scary movie to break down before Celebrity Big Brother is back. You're going to have to stay close to the Twitters. Go to either of ours or the Talk of the House underscore to find out exactly what that next movie is. But I will say this. It's not from the 80s. It's not an old school, but it is a very Can't good confirm. one. It could push for the top spot. It's possible. It could. It could I would almost spot. guarantee it'll be top three right now. I would almost guarantee it. Wow, that's bold. I don't know. We will see. I don't know. We're going to find out. We're going to find out, Davis. Thank you all for listening to Talk of the Haunted House, a scary movie podcast. As always, you can come back next week and every time we have one of these podcasts for your dose of, of darkness. darkness.